You're listening to Corb Conversations on the Business of Brands with Sudeep Chawla and Sharavana Raghavan. We've been talking a lot about how people should think about launching a brand and how the brand thinking actually starts even before business thinking does. Mm-hmm. And I think we are a little biased. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you and I have worked in these large companies. So the, most of these brands that we worked on have already existed even before we came onto the scene. Let's take the case of the smaller businesses. How can they even think of their brand before they've launched their business? Before you answer that, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm actually going to give you a case so that you can solve for it today. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the episodes you also mentioned the concept of a healthy chocolate. Mm-hmm. So if I were to tell you to launch a healthy chocolate to atone for our sins of the past, <laughs> how would you go about it? Tell me how brand thinking can even begin before business thinking does. That I think helps ground some of the discussions that we have done in the past. Although I must say that some of the new launches that we did uh, helped us develop this conviction about brand thinking coming in way early. So let's try and demonstrate that. And, you know, we should do this for the healthy chocolate case. We should do it for branding as well as marketing. Absolutely. So let's start, you know, solve for the branding one today. As we said, branding before marketing. Right. So branding, as we said that branding is a set of promises that a brand makes to the consumers and it comprises of your you know, deepest beliefs uh, and all the actions, the extrinsic actions that you take to live those beliefs. Right. Yeah. So now if I am a healthy chocolate brand, I would have to undertake a few exercises and think about a few aspects before I start making choices about who do I want to be. So therefore, let me uh, take you through that process and feel free to ask questions wherever you want. Even before you start, can you kind of give uh, an overview of what we'll be covering on the brand, brand front today? So we'll do, we'll basically populate three different, uh, you know, formats slash frameworks just to make sure that we structure our thinking properly. The first one is where we will just try to put the lay of the land where we will say that what is the category that we are entering into, uh, what are the various dimensions of the category, and we'll talk about dimensions when we when we speak about the specific example. Mm-hmm. Then we will try to dimensionalize consumers, and lastly, we will also try to dimensionalize competition. And sure. then we get into a choice-making format, uh, Sharon, mm-hmm. where we make a benefit ladder for our brand. Okay. So we will say what are the features that we want to put into our brand, What are the advantages that those features would give? And therefore, what is the benefit that the consumer would derive out of it? And finally, we will create what we call as winning competitive edge, WCE framework, where we simply put all of our choices onto one page so that it visually comes alive whenever any of our brand owners, startup owners, business owners wants to brief anybody around their business. Now, each one of these has its own, you know, fields, etc. that you would want to think about, that you would want to fill up. So, we will, let's get into it one by one. Let's do it. So, let's start first with the, what we call as the context, you know, setting mm-hmm. up the context, setting up the lay of the land. So, first we talk about the category. 
we said that we were trying to get into the healthy chocolate category so while the chocolate is healthy the category is the chocolate category so you first need to think about why do people eat chocolate what are the benefits that people provide i will possibly also try to give reasoning why we need to think about each one of these aspects sure we need to think about some of the category benefits because every product that exists in that category would have to take off some of those or some or all of those benefits for it to have any right to win if you are not taking any of those then either you are playing in the wrong category or you will have very little chance to succeed because some of those are category codes so some of the benefits that people derive out of chocolate category are that they either use it to round off a square meal they use it to celebrate you know big occasions small occasions etc they use it to share happiness you know like in indian context up you share meetha similarly right. you share chocolates and very simply they could also be using it to satisfy a sweet craving right yeah. the indulgence bit indulgence bit for themselves or their friends etc and because it's a healthy chocolate they would want to do all of this in a guilt free manner okay yeah so don't mistake it for a protein shake they're not doing mm-hmm. this to build muscle okay yeah all of this being done in a guilt free manner so that okay. is what the consumer possibly derives from this so you're actually differentiating between a a protein bar or a health bar versus the healthy chocolate that we're building today correct okay. correct although i'm not sure if if a protein bar exists because a protein bar would possibly denote to a person that you eat this and you know you will develop some muscles etc etc it's a it's a slightly difficult proposition to land mm-hmm. but i'm not an expert of the category so i don't know okay but uh, healthy chocolate is all about saying that you want to eat chocolate i will give you a chocolate which you won't feel guilty about second part after category benefits is category drivers which is about what are the key reasons which drive the consumption of this category as in yeah. not just for healthy all chocolate all chocolate and right. we will keep diving into health chocolates for sure now when we talk about healthy chocolate it will just add a lever of saying the need to balance indulgence and health during each one of these occasions will drive the consumption of healthy chocolates now last but not the least is also important about for thinking about category barriers and from a barrier perspective one of the things that people might believe that when you say healthy it usually means not tasty right yeah? and it is not just about chocolate it is everything everything Absolutely, in any yeah. for people are firmly of the belief that it is if it is healthy it can't be tasty if it is tasty it can't be healthy number 2 with the rising uh, you know need for information and you know a lot of uh, also in parallel a lot of obfuscation that people see there is a significant barrier where people will believe that lot of players make false or unsubstantiated claims using very complex words just to confuse the audience to give them the belief that they're eating something healthy correct so one is complicated words or other and other ways there are times where the brands take such leap ah that you know and therefore you know i i say this often we are living in those times sharan where are where detergents are meaningful 
and our lives are meaningless. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's not go into the purpose phase anymore. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that is where we have reached today. So therefore, false or unsubstantiated claims. And third piece is, we have seen this a number of times, whenever there is a healthy brand, somehow people believe that a healthy brand should look like a, a doctor's handwriting. Yeah, Everybody shouldn't be able to understand what is in it, but it should look like a prescription uh, drug. And therefore, lots of things written on it. Uh, you only need to just write Rx in front of it. Yeah. And therefore, inability to understand claims is also a category barrier. Okay, I'm going to actually turn that around. Hmm. Now, is the inability to understand claims also a, a driver of trust in this category? Might work for some, for example, for medicines it might. People pe because people don't expect to understand it. Now you're talking about a category which otherwise people think they understand, which is chocolates. Hmm. Hmm. Now, how you have made a indulgence category into health, you should either you should ideally try to build build believability. If you obfuscate, then regardless of your product truth, people will club you with all other chocolates. Because I've worked on this category in the past, even Kinder Joy has in their advertising shows milk cream and <laughs> barley and wheat, etc. etc. So the category has done its own share of sins. Yeah, so if you're not clear enough, you will get clubbed there. And hence I'm saying this is a barrier. This completes the category section. Now next we go to consumers. So therefore first we say what are the core consumers and this is where we, I, I uh, introduce four terms and let's just understand those four terms properly. Okay. We talk about core consumer. We talk about growth consumers. We talk about expert consumers. And we talk about shoppers. Core consumers are people who will be uh, contributing to 70-80% of your current revenue. Means the current revenue, current revenue of the category. Uh, current revenue of the category. Right. And if you are an existing brand, current revenue of your existing brand. Okay. Growth consumers are people who will be contributing to 70-80% of the growth that you will get in the years to come. The incrementals. Incrementals. A lot of the times, they might be the same as your core consumers. There's no problem in having both the same. But you should always spend time thinking about would my growth come from the current set of people or would my growth come from different set of people? But as a thumb rule, wouldn't your growth come from new trials anyway? So, for example, Sharon, if you are uh, marketing to kids, a lot of your growth could come from driving frequency amongst kids because you could make them eat chocolate twice, thrice, four times, five times a day. You could also, you know, drive frequency. You could drive penetration amongst kids also. However, you might have a belief that right now I've reached a level where I, you know, driving frequency amongst kids or penetration amongst kids is going to be a very, very costly or inefficient affair. And therefore, I want to start appealing to slightly elder audience i want to appeal to teenagers for example right so therefore teenagers become your growth consumers kids become your core consumers got it and okay. therefore what you will possibly do is when you craft your proposition for a current brand you would want to craft a proposition which talks to the growth consumer without alienating your core consumer 
because when you, you want to keep your volume churning for a new brand it's an opportunity to choose whether you want to go to the core consumers of the category or you want to go to the growth consumers of the category the third piece is expert consumers now expert consumers are people who are either very very heavy consumers of your brand or they are the ones who will have a point of view slash influence on the consumption of your brand and they are the guys who can become an interesting uh, interesting contributors to your brand story and when you speak to them you discover very interesting aspects or interesting sides of your brand yeah they might not be extremely relevant in terms of consuming themselves but they'll be impacting consumption of a whole lot of people in your tg the fourth is the shoppers there are a lot of categories where the shopper is different from the consumer somebody else picks up the product from the shelf and then gives it to the consumer yeah a typical example would be in a kids category usually is the mother mother that's the shopper mother or the father and the kid is the consumer now for the whole this one the the healthy chocolate what i have said is that core consumers number one are teenagers who are health crazy yeah they are the ones who want to indulge but they are also conscious of the fact that they don't want to become uh, they don't want to spoil their health hmm. the second is nccsa adults because when adults realize that they have started losing their ability to burn fat when they were like they like they used to when they were younger that is when they immediately start you know uh, rationalizing some of those things so at the very first they will look at their indulgences got it you know and when they go forward they start indulging into healthy activities mm-hmm. but first thing is to look at indulgence and therefore those guys become a target from a growth consumer perspective what i have done for the healthy chocolate i am possibly saying that uh, i would want to pick up uh, nccsa adult women yeah so i am saying that today uh, most of the category is possibly talking to teens for this product i would want to talk to women adult women and the reason i have chosen adult women here is that the mother or the uh, women of the household were in a position where you know the mother used to sacrifice everything for their kids and the mother would eat less eat unhealthy etc etc but she would give the most healthiest stuff to their kids and their and her husband yeah those were the days of you know sacrificial mom to so these days i am seeing a revival where women wants want to take care of themselves also in fact so much so that it is not just the kid or kids health which which is a reflection of what happens in the home in fact the mother's health is also a reflection of what happens in the home possibly the previous mindset was emerging out of scarcity even today possibly in households where food or healthy food is scarce we might see the same phenomenon in at least the middle class which mm-hmm. contributes to about you know more than one third of india today you will find that the women are increasingly started making choices sometimes differently from what rest of the household eats or does to make sure that they are able to take care of themselves yeah so therefore i am saying that this is one segment which is bound to grow very well the mm-hmm. current you know thrust on cosmetics that you see all that quite a few movement in d2c brands etc kind of tells you that this movement is already afoot so i'm going to stop you before you go on to the next point sudhi hmm. are you saying that the current category of anything related to the healthy chocolate is catered towards teens and adult men but mm. with the new brand that you're launching now you see mm. women as an untapped opportunity within the category 
in fact uh, one of the points that i'm saying is that the current communication for the brands that i remember in this category is not very clearly targeted at men or women and you see an opportunity to target women specifically specifically correct some of the earlier ones that i see where brands like for example right bite Uh, nature valley etc had associated more with sports youth etc etc so mm. therefore that's the impression that i have in my mind that this is what they used to do okay. i haven't seen anybody targeting women specifically then the next question to answer is what are the expert consumers for the brand and amongst the expert consumers uh, you know i am saying that dietitians are possibly an expert consumer because a lot of these Uh, people have now started consulting or following dietitians a lot of the dietitians are influencers now and so therefore those are the people who will have a point of view on what these guys are eating and what how should they eat etc etc the second one that possibly are expert consumers are gym instructors yeah or personal instructors fitness instructors etc who will have a point of view lastly the shoppers shoppers is obviously the women of the household because this becomes a pantry item and uh, and the teenagers themselves yeah that is how the consumer uh, you know pans out you're listening to gob conversations on the business of brands your hosts are sudeep chavla marketing practitioner business leader and educator to advertising and marketing professionals and Sharavana Raghavan of Vitril Innovations consultants to consumer facing brands and businesses for more information go to copcast.net if you find this podcast helpful please help us by telling your friends and rating us then we move over to the last bit on this sharan and the last bit is about competition and you talk about competition so that you specifically know how is the competition position who is your competition how are they positioned and therefore what do you, what would you do differently from them and that therefore creates differentiation for yourself so who is the competition for the brand i see the whole truth as my competitor yeah that's the most salient competitor at least in my head and who are the big competitors i say the biggest is the whole truth for me Mm-hmm. and then there are brands like slurp farm little joys and many others you just mentioned right bite and nature valley you're not including them here uh, i don't see them as salient anymore frankly okay. when i walk into a shop etc today i don't see as much stock from them honestly mm-hmm. okay but maybe possibly i don't see them salient on tv or online etc so i would possibly no. say the whole truth is my bigger one the the next thing is to think about why does whole truth win they are seen as something somebody who is very authentic about their mission so they want to demystify health food they're very authentic about it so they are doing a lot of stuff to make sure they're seen as authentic they have great packaging they have made sure that they have very few claims three or four you know ingredients all of them on the front of the pack right so and don't i don't think there's any secret that you're a big fan of this brand yeah i have spoken about how they've kind of propped up transparency at every point So I think they have good packaging they have done great marketing activations and therefore I think they are winning wherever they are winning right uh what do they not do so well this is where I think my my opportunity lies that they hmm. don't talk to one tg specifically hmm. they talk to fitness enthusiasts of all age and all genders yeah 
So that is where my opportunity of targeting women lies. So now then we talk about you know laddering our benefits. Hmm. So we talk about feature advantage and benefits. F A B, and features are usually the factuals around the product or the service. Okay. And advantages are a simple answer to the question: What do the features do? Those are logical extensions of your features. Right. And lastly, you talk about benefits. Benefits is why should one value the advantages? And these usually tend to be emotional in nature. Yeah. Right. How do they make you feel? So therefore, uh, what I would like to build as feature in my product is that I would like the, my product to taste as good as regular chocolate. I would want my product to have buttery smooth texture. I would definitely want that my product has no added chemicals and no added sugar. So therefore, everything is natural, etc. Most importantly, what I believe is because a lot of the women consumption happens in home, mm. and there will be pantry consumption. I don't want to launch any bars. I also only want to launch multi-pack minis. Okay, you're enabling pantry loading with this. Yeah, number one, pantry loading. Number two, I also believe that women would appreciate giving them something which enables portion control. So therefore, you can have one mini and then say that okay, I'm done for the day, and therefore I'm I'm giving you a shot of a certain calories only. Versus my belief is when a bar opens, it becomes difficult to take just one cube. Right, and I also like taste as good as regular chocolate. It's buttery yes. smooth, without any chemicals or added sugar. Yeah, If only an R and D person was listening to this podcast, they would throw fit and come over to your house right now. <laughs> no, I will just, I will just pick up competitor's products and give it to him. If somebody else can do it, I'm sure we can. I'm sure. Yeah. Correct. If it was not for marketing, the R and D would be would only be making uh, tasteless uh, and odorless, uh, colorless stuff. <laughs> You're just confident nobody from R&D is listening to us right now. Correct. Yeah. And then why would they want all of this? Because I am giving them the perfect trinity. Yeah. And okay. which usually hasn't existed thus far. And I'm only talking to women. Yeah. So I give them the perfect trinity, which is I give them good portion control. I give them great ingredients, and I they give them the greatest taste. So there's good, great, greatest there. and it is meant for women so i would possibly position it saying that the perfect trinity for the for the perfect goddess for the category the core consumers are teen and adults within the adult segment the women will possibly be the growth category for the growth consumers for the category wouldn't you be letting go of a large hmm. portion of the people who are already consumers of the category correct i will be and will is be. that not a risk it is see again the fact is that when you do segmentation targeting positioning the fact that you are making a making you are choosing a segment means that you are not choosing others so i would much rather create extreme affinity with a slightly smaller segment than have a very uh, surface level uh, affinity with a significantly large segment and what i also believe is that once i have Uh, establish my credentials basis my format and my product etc etc there is nothing in the product per se which dis uh, which dissuades others from having it so i'm going to put this question this is something i struggle with a lot of the entrepreneurs i work with mm-hmm. 
everybody wants to make a product that appeals to everybody. Hmm. And you're doing the opposite. Hmm. While I'm inclined to agree with your positioning, I'm, I'm still going to push you and saying, I'm a hmm. new business. I'm a startup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why will I start my business by ruling out a significant part of my possible target audience? So let me try to try to turn it around. Yeah. So when you are a new business and you are making choices, you will make choices on two axes. One axis in is size of the price. The second axis is about the ability to win. So therefore, if you just take NCCS A women, yeah, it's not a small number. There is no D2C brand today that reaches even 1 crore consumers properly. Yeah. So number one, while it might seem very big that, oh, I am giving away teenagers, etc., etc., you're still talking to 15, 16 crores, 20 crores consumers. Fair enough. So therefore, you have to be realistic about the numbers that you're going after. And mm-hmm. I would still say that don't be worried about, you know, alienating or not rather it's not about alienating not targeting a certain segment to start with got it as a startup founder you are actually wanting to attract early adopters exactly you should be happy first think about getting your first 10 consumers leave aside the crores the first getting the first 10 is usually the hardest so therefore i'm very comfortable saying that only i'll only target women nccs a adult women of that kind. so that takes care of my fab then largely we are done now now that we have made all the choices mm-hmm. then all all that we do is we put it in a simple nice looking format mm-hmm. where we you know paste the picture of the kind of women that we are talking about and then mm-hmm. we clearly call these winning we we call all of this as winning choices and we say that uh, this product the healthy treat I've, i'm calling my brand as the healthy treat the healthy treat is for nccsa women who want themselves and their families to eat healthy and who think that their own health reflects their family's health and this is this is to the point you remember sharon we spoke about the fact that don't just do demographic targeting right. do attitudinal targeting as well exactly so this is where your demographics is nccsa adult women but mm-hmm. you also want to specifically target the mindset which says that these are the ones who want to take care of themselves and you know take you know, take pride in the fact that their health reflects their family's health mm. yeah and therefore to them the healthy treats offers the perfect trinity for their treats yeah good portion control great ingredients and greatest taste and why should you believe it? Because healthy treat uses only natural ingredients, so any added chemicals, sugar, and it provides great portion control via the minis format. Perfect. Yeah. So this almost becomes my concept card, if you might call it, without the right. photograph of a um, product. Of the product, etc. Mm-hmm. And that can become a stimulus. And the other day you were asking me how can a small brand do research without having right. budgets etc etc you create a concept card like this with simple inputs go and meet consumers go and meet nccs a women and don't don't go interview your wife please go to somebody who is who will not be biased you show it to them and see what is the what do they say what is, what do they like about it what do they not like about it and be ready to do recycling once or twice before you finalize your concept and right. then you are, my friend, ready to launch the healthy treat. 
Awesome. But before I start singing praises of what you've done today, mm. I'm going to point something out. You've worked on some crazy ass big brands. And for a sample, you named this brand the Healthy Treat. Mm. <laughs> and this, this, listeners, is why we engage with creative agencies to come up with better names than the Healthy Treat. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Give me, give me, uh, you give me, uh, uh, give me an example or give me a challenge, I'm good. You give me time, I'm unbeatable. <laughs> so, I'll need some time to come up with something more creative. But you're right. Uh, you should never shy away from engaging with some creative partners because they will add tremendous value to your offerings. Absolutely. And, you know, they will, they will embellish it so that the TG would really really like them awesome no, i completely agree with that and uh, and just to get back on track to say i think it's, i think you've done a very very good job and gone through it pretty fast so you started with putting together the brand prerequisite framework you've covered analysis mm-hmm. of the category the consumers and the competition and then you basically built up a brand from scratch you spoke of how you will define the features which are relevant to the category and the consumers, what the advantages of the features are and how they translate into the eventual benefit for the consumers to hook them on an emotional level. And then you're summarizing all of it, a winning competitive framework to, to put it down as a pseudo concept that can even be tested with consumers. And you did that in what? Roughly 30 minutes? Yeah. By and large, yes. <laughs> I think that's very good work for 30 minutes, Sudeep. Uh, no, I think so. And I, I must also advise people that when you are putting down some of these things, you should, uh, you know, obviously have a significant category context. So I would advise you to go out, talk to retailers, talk to your teams, uh, talk to people who are consumers and then put this up. I have put it up only from what, what possibly I understand from outside of the category. I'm sure there are many, many nuances that I've not captured here. No, I think this is more uh, an approach. While I put you on the spot for healthy chocolate, I think the entire framework holds good for any consumer-facing category Correct. that people are working on. And in, not, fact, in fact, not even consumer-facing. It could be any brand that's being created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is just a model to follow. And mm. if, you, if you can understand the core of what's being done, then mm. you might not even need these frameworks to build what you're building. Yes. What happens after this? So then, so this completes your branding thinking. Mm-hmm. So this allows you to tell you that what is the kind of shape, format, etc. your brand would take. And uh, therefore, what is the core one or two things which will support the belief with which you are starting this brand? It allows you to then build all your assortments, your behaviors, your interactions around it. Then once you have, you know, once you've got sufficient amount of evidence that this is holding resonance for your target segment, you then start about, start thinking about marketing it because you want to reach to the larger set of people. Right. Yeah. So what we will do possibly, Sharon, sometime uh, over in the next podcast sometime, is to create the next set of frameworks slash choices uh, which will enable anybody to you know, then create their marketing briefs out of this. Mm. So we can actually create a proper marketing brief for the healthy treat. 
exactly yes what we will do is we will continue this journey and then we will say whatever we have gathered thus far how this marries into a marketing framework and therefore results into something which can be given as a marketing brief to an internal team external team etc etc oh wow i like that i like that i look forward to that one yeah me too thank you for listening to cob conversations on the business of brands with sudeep chawla and sharavana raghavan subscribe and learn more at cobcast.net that's c o b b c a s t .net